Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the debut episode of The Tro Show. I am your host, Kerry No Intro Bailey. And for those that have listened prior, you may wonder why the name change. Pretty simple. Something's been on my mind, something that just wouldn't leave me alone. And I've been thinking about rebrand for a while. Some other ideas I wanted to bring up and here we are. So I would like to welcome you, introduce you to the Tro Show. Today, as you know, it is draft day, NFL draft day. I feel like free agency was three months ago. I don't know why, but that's how I feel. And I feel like it's been a long time coming for the draft. But it is here. It is here. Three days of fun. So, of course, we're going to get into the NFL draft with the homie Ugo, the resident Cowboy fan in the house today. Of course, wouldn't have anybody else for the debut. Also, new segment called Team Take, where I talk about any one of my favorite teams. Today, of course, would be the Jazz, keeping with the NFL draft theme. Got the media on my boy Trevor back, so I'm defending a little bit. And also, a little basketball. New York, back to the Knicks. Well, may have never left, but the Knicks have been doing really well this season. So, is it the Knicks over the Nets as far as stories in New York? We get into all that. So, stay tuned. Be right back with Ugo. We are back on the Tro Show. It's not the debut of the Tro Show without the resident Cowboy fan. My man Ugo is in the house. Yo, what it do, what it do, what it do. As I just said, a resident Cowboy fan, I'm sure he has a lot of thoughts on the Cowboys, but we've got to talk NFL draft as a whole. As you know, the draft is, starts on Thursday with the first round, followed by the second and third round on Friday, four through seven on Saturday. So it's a lot to get to here. So, of course, you got to start with the quarterbacks. Now, I'm, of course. On record. I'm on record that I believe, I, and you could share your opinion too, but I believe Justin Fields is quarterback too. What do you? Who was your quarterback? Too? Or put it like this. Put it like put it this way. Who was your rank your quarterbacks one through five? One through five. One through five. Okay, that's that's easy. Uh, number one, uh, Sunshine himself from Remember the Titans, uh, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> that's number one. Uh, number two. Uh, number two. I got I got Justin Fields. Number two. He's my okay. number two. Um, I just feel like. Uh, the level of competition. I'm I'm big on competition. I'm big on who you played. That's a big factor to me, and uh, what you had to work with, um, your skill set, and just just the, just the eye test. What I saw you, what I saw from the type of offense you ran, uh, your skill set. I'm I'm big on all those things. So I, I feel like if you put Justin Fields, I feel like he's gonna have a lot of success in the NFL if, he's, if he gets in the right system. I felt that from day one. And I don't, I don't, I don't waver from that. He's my number mm-hmm. two, number three, number three, number three. I got. Oof. Uh, <laughs> this is the yeah, three's tough. Three's tough, and 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 the irony is, 49ers are picking third, and they got the whole world standing still right now. So <laughs> talk about yeah. irony. Um. Uh, I'll go with Zach Wilson. I'll go with Zach Wilson. Um, I, I was torn between Zach and I was torn between Zach and Mac Jones, Mac Daddy. That's what we call him on our pro, on, on Trick Shot podcast. We call him Mac Daddy, <laughs> <laughs> Big Mac Daddy. Uh, I say Zach Wilson because he gets. He, uh, I, I, I like the Patrick Mahomes vibes. I see a guy that has an incredible arm. Um, I see a guy that is mobile. 
um, from an athletic standpoint is accurate on top of that. Accurate is big. I'm big on accuracy. Um, and again, I like his skill set. And I feel like in the right system with uh, as, as any quarterback or any player for that matter, especially in the first round, I feel like he's really going to thrive and he's got a lot of untapped potential. So I say, I say uh, Zach Wilson, number three, uh, number four, Mac Jones. I go with Mac Jones, number four. Um, I go with him number four because, uh, you know, not necessarily, he's not, he's, he's got a lot of Kirk cousin vibes to him in terms of he's steady. He's solid. He's solid. He's solid. Mm -hmm. You know what you're going to get out of him. He's he's, he's not going to turn the ball over. He's accurate. He's going to make all the right throws. He's not mobile. You know, and I've I've got, I've got an issue. That's the only thing that my, my knock on him is the fact that he's not mobile and the fact that he's, uh, the fact that he's always been, he's, he's been playing with the 92 dream team his whole career (laughs) at Bama. So Pretty it's much. like that, that's my knock on him too. I know exactly. his fault, and I know yeah, he, exactly. you know, he still he still got put the ball there. But that's my knock on him too. And and you know, it might be a little bit unfair, but hey, I'm just just saying. Just calling us, just calling a spade a spade. That's 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 exactly. a fair assessment. That's a fair assessment. But I put him at four because he 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 did still play against the SEC. He still did play against the, in my opinion, the not just my opinion, but it's facts, the hardest uh, conference in college football. And he just had the 92 dream team. So Bama went undefeated and made it look easy, but it didn't change the fact that he played against the SEC. <laughs> so he, he has to get props for that. And uh, the numbers were, numbers were solid. He's a leader. And I know that, I know, again, he's going to thrive in the right system. So I have Big Mac Daddy at four. And, and I put Trey Lance at five because – to me, he's the biggest unknown. And mm. yes, yes, I'm going to use Carson Wentz against him because they played at the same school. Um, and um, yeah, you and yeah, you can right, rightfully so. You can make the same argument with Zach Wilson because who would who did with, be- you can make the same argument about Justin Fields because Ohio State quarterbacks generally don't work out. Yeah, exactly. You can make the argument against every single quarterback in the top five. Yep. Everybody has a has has a counter argument. To why they shouldn't be where they are, you know. I'm just, I'm just saying. For me, this is my top five. This is Ugo's. This is Ugo Boy's top five. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm just saying. There's too many unknowns with Trey Lance. The fact that he was, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fan of a big fish in a small pond. And if you can name me the last great North Dakota State or South Dakota State or whatever quarterback. <laughs> I'll wait, like Cat Williams. I'll wait, <laughs> you know, in Pimp Chronicles. Like, yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to hold that against them because I'm like, yo, who did you play? And you only played in 18 college football games. And you played yeah. one game. Yeah. So it's too, many, it's too many unknowns for me. It's too, many, too unknowns. many unknowns. But like you said, it, it, you can make a counter argument for everyone. If you want to say, yeah. you know, Ohio State quarterbacks generally don't work out, that's true. Trey Lance again is an unknown. You said, like you said, he played one full season last year, and then, uh, well, two seasons ago, and last season he only played one game. Didn't play mm-hmm. the rest of the year. He opted out. If you look at Matt Jones, he said the dream team. He played with Devontae Smith, who was absolutely torching dudes on the regular. Jalen Waddle mm-hmm. was a speed demon. He played with Najee Harris. That O line was very good. So that's the knock on him. You could throw Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson played against. Who exactly? So that's how Ooh, I can't name one. I can't name one team on their schedule. Exactly, but you know, and, and Zach Wilson against ten win teams in the conference he played, he has not beaten one of them. Zero and five. There you go. Just saying. 
Uh, I'm not. I, and again, but people love to nitpick and. You know, this person had a bad game. Every quarterback's had a bad game in their career. No player has been perfect the entire year. So I'm not going to hold any things like that against them. A lot of people say about Northwestern and with Justin Fields and then Coastal Carolina with Zach Wilson. People throw, talk about Trevor Lawrence didn't play well against Ohio State. I mean, you can point out that for any quarterback, even in the NFL right now. So, I mean, the nitpicking is going to happen, but that is what it is. So, Tim, it looks like – and. Uh, let me know if you agree. It looks like I'm pretty sure it's like common knowledge at this point. Quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three. Yeah. Yes. I, I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Jacksonville, of course, uh, I'm an expert there. We need a quarterback. The Jets traded away Sam Darnold, which all but says they're taking a the quarterback. Mm-hmm. For the 49ers, as much as I hear some people saying, oh, they moved up. No, you don't mortgage that much future for a non quarterback. They're going yeah. quarterback. Yeah. So the yep. draft draft starts when we figure out who in the world are the 49ers going to pick. But the draft really starts at four once that happens. Yeah. Then you got you got Atlanta sitting there. Atlanta has an option to decide, okay, let's just say the same argument, Justin Fields falls to four. Let's say that, uh, which it looks like they're talking about San Francisco between Trey Lance and Mac Jones. So let's just say the same argument, Atlanta is sitting there and Justin Fields, who is a Georgia boy, falls there. Atlanta got a tough call because Matt Ryan is about 35 years old, big contract. They can go with the rebuild process now because you got to look at it. If you're Atlanta, when's the next time we're going to be this high in the draft? Mm-hmm. Might not be might not be for a while. So Atlanta has some thinking to really do. Um, but that's also might be a trade-up spot. They might say, you know, we we need this on defense. We need, multiple, we need more picks. And you got teams like New England, Washington, Chicago, that might want to trade up. I don't think Denver will. I think Denver will stand pat and see if one of them, one of the quarterbacks fall to them. But Atlanta got a lot of thinking to do because, I mean, hey, Kyle Pitts is sitting there at four. Mm-hmm. Offense with Julio, even though the reports are they're fielding calls for Julio, but offense of Julio, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts, that's scary, Ooh. man. I know it's scary. I know it's scary. Defense, I know, yeah, I know Atlanta needs defense, but man, that's scary. So, um, it's a lot going on after three. So we know quarterback, one, two, three. After that becomes, I feel like, offensive playmakers. We know we know uh, that Miami wants one for two at six. We know that, you know, Jamar Chase with the connection, LSU connection with Joe Burrow, seems to be going to Cincinnati. But a lot of people are saying it's going to be between Jamar Chase and tackle for Cincinnati because they got to protect Joe Burrow, of course. So, um, let's jump to your Cowboys real quick. <laughs> what do you not not what Jerry Jones talk about? We ain't talk Jerry Jones over there talking about his infatuation with Kyle Pitts. What do you want the Cow- Cowboys to go? Well, um, it's funny I, as, as you called me to do the, this segment. I'm watching the Cowboys draft show like I always do. Uh, I don't miss an episode, especially the closer we get to draft. Uh, to the actual draft and it's draft week now technically so i'm i'm really really locked in to our draft show and our experts that actually work for the team that are actually on the payroll <laughs> i care <laughs> they have to say who they think is going to go where uh so uh the the consensus from everything i'm hearing and what i want i want this defense to be Jones makeover. I think I said that before on your show. We need a complete yep. 
every a complete, complete and for those viewers that don't know Jenny Jones makeover she would just take chicks down and oh you know Let's, look like Halle Berry <laughs> That's old so, school right there. Um, Jones and Ricky Lake, that's old school right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're 30 and if you're 30 and up, we're talking to you right now. That that, that reference yeah, exactly. is for you. 30 and up. So um, but yeah, our defense needs a Jenny Jones makeover. Um, I would love I would love um JC Horn or Patrick Sertain from uh from from Bama and from uh South Carolina, respectively. Um yeah. corner is Corner is a big need for us. And I'm not of drafting purely for need. I'm a big fan of draft drafting best player available. Um, but considering that the only two people that we would consider not taking uh, an, a defensive player for, the only two offensive players we would consider taking, or three in my opinion, are Penny Sewell if he were to drop, uh, uh, Rashawn Slick to drop, and of course, that of course that not suitable for work. That grown man, just like Stephen A. Smith, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith says, "Bad man, Aaron Rodgers." I'm gonna start a new one for Kyle Pitts. That grown man, <laughs> Kyle Pitts. Those are the only three that um, see us uh, changing our course because our again our defense needs a lot of help. We got ten picks. I wouldn't be shocked if we consolidate those ten peaks picks and make them eight picks and have six five four five or six in the top 100 and making them all defense and maybe taking one offensive lineman i wouldn't be shocked if that if that's their plan from what i'm hearing that is going to be their plan uh so sertan or horn i'd be happy I'd, I'd i'd be i'd be very happy going into night two if we come away knowing that we got two bookend corners moving forward with digs with a combination of Diggs and Sertan or the combination of Diggs and Horn, I'd be happy. I'm like, yo, all right, we're, we're moving toward the right direction and possibly getting back to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Y'all need defense over offense. I know Kyle Piss is the infatuation, and I get it. Um, but y'all need defense, man. As much as, you know, Gallup, Coop, um, CD, and Kyle Piss sound good with Dak and Zeke, it just it's, it sounds great. It's just like we were talking about with Atlanta. Um, it sounds great, but you can't have you can't outscore everybody every game. You can't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's impossible. So um I agree with you. Defense is I, honestly, I couldn't even tell you who your second corner corner is right now. <laughs> I, I don't even know who it is. I know it's Javon Diggs, but I know uh I know you guys had Jordan Lewis. I believe he's gone if I ain't mistaken. No, Diggs. It's, it's Stephon Diggs' brother. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I mean, I was talking about your second, your second corner. <laughs> oh, oh, after him? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, after him, I don't know who it is, but um, I agree. Oh, okay. Let me. Can I make a quick a quick point though? Let me make a quick point to refute yep. the whole uh, Pitts infatuation because it's important that people understand exactly what that entails. So, um, like like I mentioned, Dallas has ten picks. Right. Mm-hmm. So if, if if we if if somehow some way, Penny Sewell or Kyle Pitts, realistically, I don't. I think Rashawn Slater's in the conversation, but not necessarily really, really in the conversation. I think those are the only two players we consider taking over, um, uh, Sertan or, or or Horn. If they were mm-hmm. to fall, and there's that situation where they're on the board, 
yes, I, I wouldn't be mad at them taking one of them. I really wouldn't. And here's why. Because nine picks after that. You got mm-hmm. nine picks. If, if, if you mean to tell me that, and, and this is, again, for the wrestling promo shows. I remember Lewis Riddick he, <laughs> and a couple of guys on NFL Live or Get Up or whatever. They said if, if, if Dallas takes Kyle Pitts, they're not going to beat anybody next year, which is comedy. Comedy. Yeah, that's if, true. Exactly. If, if you take Pitts or you take Sewell, and you mean to tell me that you can't use nine picks and heavily address your defense and still have a competent – a minus to B plus draft, then Will McClay needs to be fired. Stephen A. Smith, uh, Stephen, a. Smith Stephen, a. Stephen Jones needs to hi- outsource and, and, and hire an actual GM. And Jerry Jones needs to, you know, he needs to like go, go live on his yacht for, forever and, and, and give the reins over to somebody else and, and make them in charge of the draft. Because then you failed as an organization. You know what I mean? Yeah. If if yeah. if you can't pick, if you if you have nine picks, dude, nine picks, bro, in your lap, and you can't maneuver that around and acquire impact players, and with all this time you've had to scout, mind you, they've had a year plus. Every team has a year plus to evaluate these guys. And yeah, I understand COVID times, and you know, it's it, this is a very unique situation, just like last year. It's very unique in terms of evaluation, but you still got film. You still have individual pro days and workouts. You're still able to talk to these guys in Zoom chats. You still have yep. access to these guys. So, if, if, if again, if you can't take nine picks and improve your defense, then you don't deserve to be having – you don't deserve that job of being a draft evaluator slash GM or, or, or whatever. So, again, I want to debunk that myth right here on the Tro Show. <laughs> if Dallas were to pick Kyle Pitts or, or Penny Sewell, they can still have a very, very quality draft defensively with nine draft picks. Nine. <laughs> Just saying, bro. No, I agree with you. I think, I think you definitely can. I, it's definitely going to be tempting if he does fall. I don't think he will, but. That, I don't think he will. Come, come on, come on now. You'll. It's going to be tempting. It's not going to be a situation where uh, we're going to let him go. We're not. No, you. It's it's hard. It's going to be hard. So I definitely get what you're saying. You got a lot of picks, and like you said, you know, second round, y'all could grab another corner. Uh, it's a deep corner draft. It's a deep um, corner draft, bro. It's a deep corner draft. It's a it's a deep defensive draft, and defensive yeah. players are going to get pushed down with this run on quarterback. You know I'll, because we wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if all five of those quarterbacks went top ten. We're really, really, really wouldn't. Because if you look at, uh, like we were talking about a little earlier, one, two, three, we believe quarterbacks. I think everybody believes quarterbacks are going to go. So whether if we believe that it's going to be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, that pushes down Trey Lance, that pushes down Justin Fields. You have teams that want to come up. New England has been a hot commodity. Talking about possibly going up to get Justin Fields. And, you know, if you look at Atlanta, that's the first trade down possibility. If you look at Detroit, Detroit has a lot of things they need to take care of at seven and maybe more picks entice them. Same thing with Carolina. It's before Carolina has been talking about moving down. So it's a lot of possibilities to move down. And I fully honestly expect all three, all five of those quarterbacks to go top 10. So that pushes down, like said, that pushes down defensive guys, not to mention most likely Cincinnati is going wide receiver or offensive line, and Miami is most likely going offensive playmaker for Tua. So if you look at that right there, in the first six picks, it's going to be offense. Detroit is going to be 
the linchpin of, hmm, what do they do? Because I fully expect Atlanta to either go Kyle Pitts or to trade out of it or possibly go quarterback as well. So I don't think defense happens until possibly seven. So, again, like you said, it pushes down all that defense. So um, I could definitely see a lot of defensive guys being pushed down, and it only helps the teams, you know, like Dallas, like teams in the teens, and even teams in the late 20s. So it only helps. So um, Agreed. Speaking of wide receivers, I got a something that kind of bothers me, and I don't know what to make of it. I honestly can't. It's not going to be known what happened until we get to the season and see what happens. Baltimore's targeting a receiver, but that brings me to my next thing. Do you, you personally, have any concern with Devontae Smith's weight? Because a lot of people seem to be talking about this on Twitter. Uh, on ESPN, uh, all over the place, they I can't draft the not the ESPN said this. I've seen people on Twitter. I can't draft a hundred sixty pound receiver. I can't do it. I, but man, me personally, before I let you uh answer this, yeah, go I for it. Pro- I mean, I don't have any problem because man, do you see what he's doing <laughs> in college? And again, I'm gonna use the same argument you use with Mac Jones. You talking about the SEC? Mm-hmm. You. He did it in the playoff against Ohio State in the in the uh in the, the championship game. He did it. He did it in the semifinal game. I mean, he did it all year, man. This man was what did he have? I, I can't. I wish I had the stat right in front of me, but he had a ridiculous stat line within a first half of a game. So, do you have any concern about his weight? Um, we, we, it's, it's, it's interesting. You, we met, we talked about this on the last episode of the trick shot podcast. Shout out to my main man, rocket trick shot podcast presented by the world famous Harlem wizards. Go check us out on anchor and Spotify and Apple and all that good stuff. Um, uh, listen, when I look for a wide receiver, I look for three things, dude. Um, can you get open? Mm-hmm. Can you run good? Can you run routes? Can you catch the ball consistently? And I think unequivocally, Devontae Smith can do all three of those things. <laughs> uh, <right>. I agree. <laughs> uh, now, and another aspect of wide receivers that I look at is, who, again, sort of like quarterbacks, because it's a skill position and it's offense and it's an offense-driven league. Who did you do it against? Okay, he played in the SEC for three years. Uh National championship game. He, Ohio State has a really good defense. Ohio State has a top, has a top three defense in the country. They made Trevor Lawrence look pretty ordinary in the in in the in the Sugar Bowl, and they made life a little rough on him la- the year before as well. You know, so and he, he Devontae Smith made them look bad too. Um. Yeah, so a lot of people, a lot of people need to understand that that Clemson team wasn't as good as their previous teams. They weren't, but it was still Clemson, though. But it was still Clemson. Oh yeah, I'm just Clemson. saying because people people look at Clemson and be like, oh well, you know, no, that Clemson, if you compare that Clemson team to the uh, freshman year of Trevor Lawrence or even the sophomore year, they weren't as good as no, they were no, before. That's a that's a that's a fair point. That's a fair point. You know, um, and again, my point is. It's still Clemson. <laughs> so oh, yeah. no, I 100% agree. This, this, I mean, still, what, what what he did was still insane. I don't care who you did against him. Like you said, competition is still Clemson. It's still Ohio State. It's still LSU. It's still Florida. Yeah. Yeah. So, so again, um, 
the fact that he checks all the boxes, the fact that he's played on on a high level against the best of the best, and he's been con- he's he's consistent with it, that gives me no reservations to take him in the first round. I, here's here's my here's who the pressure's on. The pressure isn't on Devonte Smith to add weight. That's not who the pressure's on. The pressure is on whoever draft, whoever decides to select him to use him properly, to use him yep. correctly. Yeah, that's who the pressure. That's who the pressure's on. Because, okay, here's a here's, here's a prime here's a prime prime example. If 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 Tariq if Tyreek Hill went to the Baltimore Ravens, is he still Tyreek Hill? And and that offense, he's pretty useless. No, yeah, yeah, pr- pretty much. Now, whose fault would that be? That's on a scheme. That's exactly that. That would be on that would be on Ravens front office. That'd be on their offensive coordinator. That'd be mm-hmm. on their that'd be on Harbaugh as well because he, he's pretty much the low key G- GM or co GM of yeah. the team for mm-hmm. selecting him and asking him, okay. Uh, we need you to run fade routes and maybe stop routes here and there. You know, we're not going to really put you in motion. We're not going to have really timing routes or all the stuff you do with Patrick Mahomes because Lamar Jackson can't really do that. That's not his game. So whose fault is it? You know what I mean? Like that. that, 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 I 100% agree because like you were saying earlier, system matters. Scheme matters. Absolutely. Who who you have around you matters because – I always had this argument and uh, with uh, about Sam Darnold, and maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, just maybe, he's just not a good quarterback. But you really can't judge, in my opinion, because the Jets had nothing around them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, again, I, and I, 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 I'm a fan of Jamison Crowder. I'm a, I'm a fan of Frank Gore, but Jamison Crowder is not a number one receiver, and Frank Gore at that point is this point is 36 years old. I just, I just, I just, besides Robbie Anderson, he really hasn't had anyone weapon wise to throw to like that. And I just feel like they really did him dirty. So that, and I just hope that a lot of these players go to the right system and the right scheme to, you know, make them the best player they can be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. And like, here's my issue with teams drafting quarterbacks. Particularly take, in the first I, 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 I take I take that back. Unless you're the Titans. Unless you <laughs> <laughs> I take that back. Shout out to shout out to was it Chris Davis who left in free agency? <laughs> no, yeah. Shout out, shout out. Uh oh, uh, Corey Davis. Yes. Shout out. Corey Davis. Davis. My bad. Corey Davis. Chris Davis. Yeah. Yeah, shout, out, shout out, Corey Davis. Yeah, keep doing shout it. Out to Corey uh, everybody who left Tennessee, thank you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah. If only uh, I could get rid of Derrick Henry, but that's a whole other topic. That nah, nah, the cyborg stays. He stays. He he's training yeah. with Vegeta right now. As we speak, he's training with Vegeta on Namek. So <laughs> that's what's going on there. <laughs> so again, my thing is, I feel like teams do a really poor job of evaluating wide receivers in this league. In my opinion, they really do, and here's why: because ev- this happens, if not every year, every other year, or every couple years. Teams fall in love with that forty time, man. They fall oh, yeah. in love. With that, they fall in love with that forty time, and for some reason, the forty time is more important than his route tree. The forty time is more important than his shuttle time, which, in my opinion, is even more important because shuttle time shows me how quickly you move in space. 
and in mm-hmm. and in stunt spaces. Yep. Like in cone drills and stuff like that. Or the gauntlet drill. How many times you can catch the ball in a straight line consecutively without dropping it? And how do you look and how are you catching it with your body or with your hands? Like like the 40 time is is it, to me, the 40 time has corrupted wide receiver evaluation for the NFL. Because for every John Ross, for every mm. Darius Hayward Bay, for every oh. For every Henry Ruggs, man, these teams, they see that 40 time, they see 428, or they see 429, or they see 43, and they're just like, listen, I gotta have this guy. I gotta have this. I gotta, I gotta, gotta have him. And that's why Henry Ruggs went before Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb and Justin Jefferson, which is ridiculous. 40 time. That's why Jalen Rager went before Justin Jefferson. 40 time. Foolishness. We talked about this. This is this will be the first installment on the foolishness segment. <laughs> yep, <pretty laughs> like, much, uh, yep, yep. They ab- absolutely. So, so yeah, that's uh, it, it's it's and, and it, it if it doesn't happen this year, bro, mark my words, it'll happen either next year or the year after. It's gonna happen again. Some some teams gonna fall in love with the forty time. Tavon Austin, Justin Blackman, come on, bro. It's there's so many examples of it. Just because a guy runs a really incredible forty time doesn't mean he's a number one receiver. I don't know who passed that rule. I don't. But whoever whoever passed that rule is an idiot. Is a big I, idiot. I, I agree. But hold on, uh, leave my man Justin Blackman alone. He was actually really good to that nonsense. Started. <laughs> he was actually he was actually a number one receiver. He played really well, but then he just couldn't get out of his own way. But I 100 percent agree with you. With you went back with Hayward Bay Raiders seem to be good for those things. But you're yeah. right. John John Ross had no business going to the top ten that year. He's not with the Bengals anymore. He's with the Giants now. He's with the Giants now. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Forty Tom has skewed how they view wide receivers. You see four two eight, like you said, four two nine. Jalen Rager went before Justin Jefferson. Went before Lavisca Chenault. Went before uh, what's the other guy's name? Um, it's another guy in second. Brandon Ayuk. Really well. Brandon Ayuk. He went before Brandon Ayuk too. There, there you go. Um, so yeah, it, that has really skewed how people view wide receivers. That forty time is like something like a blinding light. Okay, we oh no, he ran a what, and they 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 do take him, and that happens a lot. And like mm-hmm. you said, if it don't happen this year, it'll happen next year or the year after that because that's how it happens. Like you mentioned, Tavon Austin. Tavon Austin was a guy who was super fast. He was yep. And he went, what, top 10 as well. And it was like, what? <laughs> and he never, ever lived up to the top 10 bill. And he was more of a, a H-back slash uh, wide receiver motion guy. Like, it was just a weird thing. But if you, I feel like if you're taking a guy that high, he has to be an impact guy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's got to be He's got to be a, a Kyle Pitts, bro. He's If you take a receiver or receiving tight end in the top 10, He's got to be a get off the bus. I think Deion Sanders calls him. Yeah, calls him a guy that a get off the bus kind of guy. As soon as that guy gets off the bus, <laughs> the defensive coordinator he's got a whole his game plan is tailored toward knowing where that guy is on every single at, play at all times. At all times, yep. Yeah, I, I feel like if you're taking a wide receiver that high, 
then you absolutely 100% agree. You have to be a guy who makes a difference, a guy who's getting game plan for, a guy who can go up and get the ball, a guy that's helping your quarterback, a guy that you have to say, that's the guy I'm going to in the pinch. That's the guy. And those guys we just named that were just speed guys were never going to be it. Now, Henry Ruggs, oh, you know, give him some time. He just got here. But I feel like this is the Raiders. This is Darius Hayward Bay all over again. It's not going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's you not going to happen. You heard it here you first. Heard it first. <laughs> so, before before I get you out of here, just uh, off off the NFL draft for a second. How do you feel about the number change rule? You see Tom Brady over here, uh, not a fan of it. Uh, Patrick Peterson is going to wear his number seven in Minnesota. Um. Uh, Dalvin Cook won the switch to four, I believe, but you had to buy the rest of the inventory, and he's a, a, a one of the best players in Minnesota. He, had, he would have to buy the inventory, which I believe for him, I don't know if it's different for everybody else, I'm assuming so, but I think the inventory for him was like $2 million for him to switch. So, um, how do you feel about the number change rule? Well, I think it's a money grab. That's what everybody from my end, uh, this is this, the league wants to make up some of the money they lost from COVID. Mm. So, like, you can't you can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> so, I, de- I definitely <laughs> I I definitely believe that's the case. Um, here's what I would do. Um, shout out to Jesse Holly. He's a former wide receiver for the Cowboys. He made that dramatic catch against the 49ers in overtime from Tony Romo. So he'll always be – I'll always love him. And I, think that's why, I think that's why Dallas hired him to be in their media team, just because of that catch. <laughs> hey, man, um, how, how you get a job? <laughs> hey, how, however, I, shoot, hire me. Like, I, I, I'm available. So, <laughs> um. But he 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 mentioned this on talking with the boys, one of the Cowboys podcasts, that if I was a mark, if I was especially if I was a franchise quarterback, or if I was a marquee offensive or defensive player, I'd bu- I'd buy the inventory, and he, and here's why: number one, it's not like they can't afford it. These guys are millionaires, so obviously, it's a drop in a bucket. They're making most of these guys, not not most of these guys, especially the the top top tier guys, they're making so much money off the field. That their contract, they probably don't even spend their their football money. They probably just they like, probably yeah. like pull, they, they they probably pull an Alvin Kamara, and that's just in a separate bank, just or or on a cryptocurrency account, just gaining interest. Interest. <laughs> it's like for real, for real. So, um, but Jesse Holly, he mentioned a really good point, of, and and I would do this too if I was Dak, or if I was Christian McCaffrey, or if I was uh um DeAndre Hopkins. Or, or anybody, you know, who, who's going to do the number switch, but and I was a marquee player who had a lot of money and endorsements. I'd buy my inventory, and here's why. Because I could buy my inventory. I have the ownership to it. I, I own it now. Because when you buy the inventory, you have the rights to it. Like, it, it's yep. yours. So I'd buy the inventory, and then in the offseason, or maybe even a couple of years down the road when my career is done, I would set up like a number of different pop-up shops um, throughout the country or in the area, wherever I play um, for like special events or whatever, and be like, yo, I'm doing a meet and greet and it's, it's going to be a, 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 a package deal. You come meet me. You can get, you, um, you get, you get an autograph with me. You get a picture with me and you get a sign. You get my old Jersey signed and personalized to you at this pop-up for, for a set amount of, uh, of money. 
probably double of what you bought it for. People would buy it. People would do it in a heartbeat, especially if you're a top-tier player. Especially oh, yeah. if you're a top-tier player. They wouldn't think twice about it. Freaking em- Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, uh, and Troy Aikman, the triplets, they do pop-up, and DeMarcus Ware, they do pop-ups in Dallas all the time, signing old footballs and helmets and, and gear and jerseys and, and equipment and shoes, and they make a killing. They, honestly, that's aside from their whatever business uh, dealings that they do after retirement, they, you know how much money they make off of just that? Just pop-ups and meet and greets? Oh, I, I, I know. Just, just from so, being, just from being a, a, a Comic Con guy, I know how they, go. I know how they do it. Exactly, exactly. You and me, we're, we're, we're initiated, so we know this. This is for our viewers. We <laughs> we're business side of it. So, but, but to answer your question, that's what I would do if if I was a top, if I was a top tier marquee player. If you see me in the commercials, the State Farm commercials, or the the Arby's commercials, or the Hardy's commercials, or uh, uh, the promo for Sunday night football or Thursday night football or Monday night football. If I'm one of the top tier guys, the face of the league, bro, I'm buying inventory and I'm cashing out when the time is right, bro. Because because so, somebody's going to buy it. Somebody's going to buy it. And it really isn't a price that you're going to deter. Honestly, the higher, the better. <laughs> not to mention, I would, not to, I would mention you can sell it to those, to those shops that got keep autographs. Yep, you could you could do you could, you could cut it exactly. You could cut a deal with memorabilia shops and be like, exactly. "Listen, I got, I, got, I got like five or ten of my old jerseys signed. So, like, how much you like? Let's let's negotiate something. You could buy it from me outright, or we could negotiate. Listen, you could keep this percentage. I can keep this percentage, and if you if you take this percentage and uh, uh, for a kick in uh, and for, for, for a bonus, I'll come in and make sure that they sell because I'll show up. Exactly. That's what I would do. But I, I, I agree with you. I think it's a money grab, but hey, at the same time, it's something people like. People like it from college. So, I mean, hey, do, do your thing. I, I mean, I, I don't care either way. It is what <laughs> it is. So, I mean, hey, whatever, whatever floats your boat, as they say. I'm cool either way. I, I don't. I, I'm not worried about it because I don't. I, listen, I buy jerseys, but because of because of the era that we're in and cats are always switching teams and whatnot. Listen, when I buy your jersey, if you get traded, I still have your jersey. I'm not gonna throw it away. Like I'm still I, gonna rock I, it. I still, I, I still have jerseys like that too. So I mean, I don't buy many jerseys, but certain players I buy because certain I, you know, my favorite guys or whatever case would be so. Yeah, yeah. I still got my best Brian jersey. I've worn it once. <laughs> like that's that's not going anywhere. And if if Zeke if Zeke doesn't retire a cowboy, I still got my Zeke jersey. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, bro. Like, you know, to each its own, to each its own. But it's a it's a business, man. It's a business. It's a business. Hey, that's hey, that's my hey, answer to hey, Exactly. That's all you all you gotta say. It's a business. But anyway, appreciate you joining me for the giraffe. Uh, of course, we'll talk. We're gonna talk more once the draft happens. We got the first round, like I said, this coming Thursday. Yes, Dallas, sir. For the resident Cowboy fan over here, has the tenth pick. My Jaguars have the number one pick and twenty-five. Looking forward to the draft. So once again, that's the homie Ugo coming on about the draft, his Cowboys, everything in between about the draft. So when I come back, 
I got some choice words for the national media. Some people on Twitter that have been running their mouth Rest- about Trevor Lawrence don't want to be in Jacksonville. He's not going to get no Wrestling promos. Wrestling promos. He's not going to get no endorsements. Newsflash, he just signed Adidas Gatorade Bowls. But I'm going to get into all that. <laughs> all that uh, next. So, appreciate the homie Ugo coming through and joining me as usual. This won't be the last time, of course. And, uh, you know, when I come back, again, <laughs> it's straight about Jacksonville. So stay tuned. Peace. Welcome back and welcome to a segment I'm calling Team Take, where I get into what's going on with any of my favorite teams, whether that's the Seattle Mariners, the Jags, the Sacramento Kings, who just had a horrendous loss, gave 154 points. So I won't be talking about them for a while. (laughs) <laughs> That's embarrassing. Um, the New Jersey Devils and the Miami Hurricanes. Today, keeping with the draft, as the draft is today, I will be talking about my Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville has the first pick, 25th pick in the first round, 33 and 45 in the second round, 65 at the top of the third round. Also has two-fourths. But before I get into the draft outlook later today, it's a couple of things I get off my chest as a Jaguar fan. First off, Stephen A. Smith, ESPN personality, ESPN first tape, his own show, all that good stuff, was asked a question about Trevor Lawrence's expectation year one in Jacksonville. Now, I know he hasn't been drafted yet, but he's the presumptive number one pick. But that was the question. Instead of simply answering the question, Stephen A. Smith determined it's time to (laughs) let my feelings be known about the Jaguars. He said, and I quote, I don't give a damn about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Never thought much about them. Exactly his words. So here's my thing. You are entitled to your feelings. You are entitled to your opinion. I would never knock anybody for feeling a certain way or stating an opinion. Because an opinion is what you think, what you believe. And that's cool. What I don't understand is why now do you feel the need to... Express yourself. You express your feelings about a team when you're asked a direct question. Not only that, you also are very contradictory to what you're talking about. You say you don't give a damn. You're the same guy that just three, three and a half, four years ago had Jalen Ramsey on first take after we beat your Pittsburgh Steelers. You're the same guy who was upset that we beat the Steelers in 2017 playoffs in Pittsburgh. You are also the same guy who said we were a real threat to New England in 2017 in the AFC Championship game. Miles Jack was it down, by the way. You are also the same guy who ranked us in the top three teams after that season. You ranked us number three. And especially after we beat up on the Patriots that year. So, you say you don't care, you don't give a damn, you never thought much about us, but I just named four instances where... We clearly were on your mind. Something you thought about. The other thing I don't like and I can't stand is that when you're not informed. And this is not only about this. This is about anything. And it's honestly, it it comes off a lot with Jaguar. uh, The Jaguars. He mentioned Keelan Cole as a weapon for Trevor Lawrence. Keelan Cole is in New York. Free as he just passed, man. He left. He's gone. 
So not only are you feeling the need to express your feelings right then and there, instead of answering the question, you also contradict yourself by saying you don't think much about us and you don't give a damn about us. And then you turn around and don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> ah, hey man, all I'm asking is at least know what you're talking about. Entitled to your opinion, entitled to your feelings, but at least know what you're talking about. Not to mention you interviewed Trevor Lawrence recently. So, I'm just saying. It is what it is. Because I just mentioned about how it seemed people seem to be misinformed when it comes to Jaguars. It happens a lot. Another guy I saw, I believe it was ESPN as well. Talking about Jawan Taylor, the former first rounder. Jawan Taylor was not a first round pick. Jawan Taylor was a second round pick. All I'm asking is to know what you're talking about. Know your information, because a lot of people don't when it comes to the Jaguars. That needs to be fixed. The other thing I want to get into before I get into the draft, another thing I need to get off my chest is about endorsements. Now, I was going to talk about Trevor Lawrence's comments about not having a chip on his shoulder and all that. It doesn't bother me. All he's saying is football is not, I don't want football to define me. He wants to be a great husband. He wants to be a great man in general. Football is not going to be everything. And I completely understand. But because we have Tom Brady, because we have Michael Jordan, how they approach the game and everything like that, psycho, you know, kind of mentality and stuff like that, people want everybody to be like that. But some people are internally motivated. If nobody has ever doubted you, especially on on the scheme of, you know, football in this case, what's the chip for? There's no reason. Then you're making up stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. Michael Jordan did it. But it, but everybody's different. So people overreacted. Not everybody. But people overreacted about it. So I'm not going to go too, dive too deep in it. I have no issue with it. Other people do. But again, your opinion. But I think people read way too much into it. I saw a guy say he could quit football. Uh, he's going to probably quit football. Like overreacting. Oh, this this is a guy that he doesn't want to be in Jacksonville. That, he doesn't get that interview if he does. He doesn't. like. But... I'm not worried about that. It is what it is, but the comments don't bother me. So I'm not going to dive too deep into it like I was originally going to do. But when it comes to endorsements, now, I'm not going to give this man satisfaction and mention his name uh, from Twitter because it's not worth it and he's not worth it. But he said that Zach Wilson will have seven-figure endorsement because he's going to be going to the Jets, New York. While Trevor Lawrence will be doing local dealerships in Jacksonville. Now, I've I've heard it ever since the Jets lost, uh, Jets won. I'm sorry, the Jets won about how Trevor Lawrence shouldn't want to go to Jacksonville. He should kill Elon Manning. I've heard this. He Jacksonville is this. Look, you can say all that all you want, but big market. This is not 20, 25 years ago. When a big market ruled everything when it came to stuff like that. Not everything, but you know, it was it was you were more likely if you were in LA, uh, Dallas, New York, obviously. This is not that time. With social media, the way social media has blown up now, it's not even necessary to be in a big market. If I could afford you a couple of people. Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City, not a big market. Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, not a big market. Baker Mayfield, Cleveland's not a big market. What people don't understand is that marketability, personality, a level of play will dictate your endorsements. No matter where you are. If you play well, if people know who you are, 
you'll get it. Baker Mayfield was a number one pick overall. That helps. He also has some personality about him. That helps. Mahomes, personality, and he became the it kid. He came in and just blew the doors off the league. Didn't win a Super Bowl. Of course. Aaron Rodgers, same thing. Has some personality. Is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Also, has a big-time personality. Gold. Bacon Mayfield hasn't even won anything. Bacon Mayfield hasn't won an MVP. The Browns just made the playoffs last season. So, you couldn't watch a, a football game last year, man, without a progressive commercial with Bacon Mayfield in it. And I actually enjoyed them. But if you watch one game, you see at least three progressive commercials. But yet, it's about New York and big markets. It's not. But since then, since my man has made that famous tweet amongst Jaguars Twitter, and shout out to Jaguars Twitter, and I'll get to y'all in a minute. Trevor Lawrence has got Adidas, Bowles, Blockfolio, which is a cryptocurrency, and Gatorade. Mind you, first quarterback we signed to Gatorade since 2012, when is my man who? Superman Cam Newton. So that must all be local. Just saying. But hey, I'm just saying, hey, own up to what you said. Now, when Jaguars Twitter is going after said tweet, the guy has said nothing because he's 100% wrong. Own up to what you said. Don't go ghost now. We own you. <laughs> now, to Jags Twitter. First of all, shout out to everybody, Jaguars Twitter, because... First of all, the gift to Trevor Lawrence and his wife for his wedding, the toaster. I'm going to have to get one. Raising that money for donations to Trevor Lawrence Charity. Then Trevor Lawrence gave back and did 20000 to uh, Jaguar tra uh, Jacksonville Charities. I'm sorry. And it's just been, it's been great to watch on Twitter. So, again, shout out to Jags Twitter. Everybody, I can't even name everybody, man. I've I've met a lot of Jaguar fans over the past, like, maybe three to six months. And it's been great to find Jaguars Twitter. So, shout out to everybody on Jaguars Twitter. Not to mention, shout out to Jaguars official Twitter because <laughs> I love the pettiness right now. I love it. I love it. I love it. It fits our fan base so well. They came at ESPN about uh, going to commercial on all our picks and NFL Network. And then they called a local, a local, uh, local, they call Gatorade a local company because Gatorade sponsored the hunt, uh, too, which is just an insight to the Jaguars offseason. They put local, local Gainesville company Gatorade, which is a nod to that as well, which is hilarious. I, I love it. Um, so, man, we've been on fire <laughs> lately. So shout out to Jags Twitter, man. Everybody. Austin Lane, too, with that picture with the Bulls headphones, the Gatorade. Uh, drinking a Gatorade uh, bottle and having Adidas cleats, man. I love supporting my local company, man. Too funny, too great, great photo. I wish I thought of that. I don't think I had no Bulls headphones, though. So I couldn't do it. Um, so that's my quick shout out to Jaguars Twitter, man, because y'all are great. So to end this off, the draft outlook. I mentioned earlier about the picks. We need a quarterback, obviously. Tight end. Offensive line, although Overmeyer says that the offensive line is good, I feel like we we can we can I'm not gonna say upgrade, but you know gods are on no got Cam on the franchise tag, Norwell on one year deal. I think he has one year left. Linder has two years. 
You know, so it, it needs, Jawan Taylor is on his contract year, so it needs to be made sure that if, you know, one or two of them leave, we got, we're good, you know. Um, D-line, we need another defensive tackle, a guy that can push the pocket, the interior. Um, cornerback, it's not that much of a need, but I, I don't know if Sidney Jones can stay healthy. I like Shaq and CJ, but I think we we could grab one more. Safety as well. Safety, um, I just feel like we need one. So wide receiver, you could throw in there too. Another running back to spell James Robinson a little bit. So it's a it's a lot that we need, and we have the picks to do it. So I'm anxious to see what we do at 25. We know what's going to happen at one. What better happen at one? Or oh, I'm on a flight, the first flight. <laughs> um, so it's a lot that we need to do. Uh, I'm not going to get into who sh- who we should take because it's going to depend on who was there, man. So um, I'm excited. This is a great day for Jags fans. And we're we've been ready for this for the last since the Jets won their second game, and it's finally time to hear it. I, I've said it before; I'm about 99% there as far as excitement, but I need that one percent. I need to hear with the first pick, Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Clemson. I just need to hear that, and I'm 100. percent I'm through the through the roof. So anyway, that's the team take for you, and when I come back, I'm gonna wrap this up. But before I wrap it up as well. I also want to get into a little bit about New York basketball. Stay tuned. So before I wrap this up, as promised, I wanted to get into something that's close to home right now. And that's the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks were recently on a nine-game win streak before they just lost Monday night to the Phoenix Suns. And they've been a talk of this area, New Jersey, New York, as opposed to the Brooklyn Nets, who, in my opinion, is championship or bust. Partially due to the fact that the Nets' big three either can't stay healthy or simply, in a, <laughs> for Kyrie anyway, taking what we call PTO, paid time off. The big three hasn't played many games together at all. And the question is going to loom, can they turn it on and come playoffs? It's championship or bust for Brooklyn. Because the bigger story right now is the Knicks nine-game win streak. Well, was the Knicks nine-game win streak. And not to mention, they, the Suns the Suns are balling right now. And the Knicks played them very well. It wasn't like a blowout. It wasn't, you know, Knicks lost by 15. No, it was a good game. Back and forth. Had to go down to the last minute of the game. So, the Knicks... Or the talk of New York right now. And that probably bothers some Net fans. And people are wondering, are is is the championship bust for the Nets? Are the Knicks gonna be the bigger the bigger story? Are Durant and Kyrie gonna regret not going to the Knicks? It's a lot going on there. So I'm happy for the Knicks. My wife is a Knicks fan. My I'm about to say my father-in-law, but he he like he it's another. It's a topic for another time. But he teetering. He's he was a Knicks fan when I first met him. Then he was mad at the Knicks, and then he went to the to another team. And now he's trying to slowly come back to the Knicks. And I got a friend, a good friend of mine, is a Knicks fan. My brother-in-law's a Knicks fan, so I know a lot of Knicks fans. So I'm happy for the Knicks because I just want the Kings to do the same thing, and I feel like it's never going to happen at this point. So again, I'm happy for the Knicks. I just question Brooklyn because the championship bus, like I said. Their defense is atrocious. It's not as bad as it was when it first <laughs> when they first started, but 
the question for the Nets are going to be, can they stop anybody from playoff time? Because we all know how it goes. And it happens to every sport. Defense wins. Defense wins. So can the Nets actually stop someone? If the Nets can't score like they normally do, are they going to be able to stop somebody and have a game that's, you know, 91 to 85? Those kind of games. Not the 120 to 135 or games like that. Because that's not always going to happen, especially come playoffs. So can Durant stay healthy? I at this point, no. I don't know. So let me segue speaking to Kevin Durant real quick because I just want to make a quick point. Now, Kevin Durant, who may have thought he was on his burner account, liked the tweet where someone said that Steph Curry needed help to win a championship. <laughs> Look, man. Kevin, I'm going to need you to realize and to take a step back and look at what you did before you want to criticize somebody else. Kevin Durant did not win a championship until he joined Steph Curry. At that point, he'd been in the finals one time, went against Miami, the Miami Heat when they had the big three, D-Wade, Bosh, and LeBron, and lost. And that's okay. He was young. But you never got back to a finals with OKC. You went to Golden State, who was 73-9 and the season before. The best regular season record ever. Then you won a championship. So how can you throw salt at Steph Curry when you had to join Steph Curry for you to win? Notice, before you went to Golden State, you won nothing. Nothing. But you want to throw salt at Steph? Hold on. What you fail to remember, Mr. Durant, is that Steph won before you got there. Let's think about that. Steph won before you got there. <laughs> but you didn't win anything until you joined Steph. But again, you want to throw salt at Steph? Man, stop it. This man has the most fragile ego I've ever seen. Ever seen for a star player or a celebrity, period, probably. Real, real, real soft ego. It's fragile as hell. And it's <laughs> it never... Ceases to amaze me because it's always something. It's never just one thing and he sweeps it on the rug. Nah, it's always something. I normally don't quote, uh, quote Skip Bayless, but he's not happy unless he's unhappy. And I feel like that, that can never be more true. It's always something with him on social media. He lives on it. And that's, you know what? Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But you, really? This what we do? Whatever. Anyway, just wanted to get that off my chest. But I would like to thank you for tuning in to the first episode of The Tro Show. I appreciate every last one of you. Um, stay tuned for the YouTube channel. Um, stay tuned for a couple of giveaways coming up. I might do one for, you know, come summertime, most likely. One for Madden. I know people, a lot of people hate Madden. Um, but stay tuned. Stay tuned. I got a lot coming up. A lot of things that I want to get into. A lot of things. A lot of ideas. So, hey, appreciate anyone who's been listening since before when, we, when I was the bailout podcast. If you're new, welcome. You know, if you want to interact with me on Twitter, no intro Bailey. That's N O I N T R O Bailey, B A I L E Y. Same thing on Instagram. So, check me out, man. Check me out. 
So again, appreciate y'all for listening. And until next time, which will be after the draft when I'm a grade and all that good stuff. But until after the draft, I'm out. Again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Peace.